Have you ordered your 2021 chicks, ducklings, and goslings? If you haven't, there's still time to head on over to mypetchicken.com slash drink and farm to select your future flock stars for a time frame that works best for you. My Pet Chicken can truly be your one-stop shop for all of your poultry needs. Not only does My Pet Chicken sell day-old chicks, ducks, and goslings, they sell many of the products you'll need to be successful. My Pet Chicken does have poultry close to year-round, but you want to act now to get the combinations you've been dreaming of. And chickens are the best gift to give and get for Valentine's Day. So go to MyPetChicken.com slash farm to let them know we sent you. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I just opened a Prairie Artisan Ales Vape Tricks. Oh, Vape Tricks. What is that? <laughs> it's a sour ale aged on cherries. Ooh, fun. Yeah. And the can art is really hilarious. It's got a bunch of mouths like blowing out smoke like shapes uh-huh <laughs> and some of them are pretty funny there's like a peace sign like a bike <laughs> oh, <God>. a robot <laughs> that's cute <laughs> what did you open over there i opened a grand armory brewing juicy ipa called strawberry kiwi grindage mm, grindage yeah and on the side, it says strawberry kiwi IPA for mugs, chillin, and grindage, buddy, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is from a Polly Shore movie. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's from a Polly Shore movie. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Son-in-Law? Yes. Oh, my oh. God. It's so great. <laughs> it's a, it's one of my favorites. And now it's like my life that I live <laughs> on the farm. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> our drink peep this episode is our friend Ashley Kiernan. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So, Bev, it's the month of love. It's February. Yeah, it is. We gonna we gonna have a love theme this month? I think that's kind of what it's gonna shape up to be with us, you know, being proactive and planning ahead and trying to be a little more intentional, maybe a little more clever with how we're doing things around here. I mean, what we're going on year three? We are getting ready to wrap up year three. Oh, what? <laughs> Where have I been? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense because I've been in this house four years now and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, cheers to that. Right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and we're just now getting to the point where we're like trying to craft things around times of years a little more intentionally. So we thought we would do some love theme type things today. Well, not just today, but in general this month. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about how flowers get jiggy with it. Na, 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 na. <laughs> 
I hope that's not copyright. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, if I stop here, because I think there's like a 10 second rule, we're good. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk about the basics of pollination and some interesting stuff about pollinators that you may or may not already know, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And we got a lot of information from the U.S. Forest Service website and got a little bit of info from the blog HarvestTheTable.com. Lots of sources. I like it. Yeah. So... The basics of the things is to define what pollination is. And it is the act of transferring pollen grains from the male anther of a flower to a the female stigma. That sounds dirty. <laughs> it does sound dirty. But when you think about it, the goal of every living organism, it doesn't matter what it is, um, is to create offspring so that they continue on to the next generation. Otherwise, what is life from a biological and evolutionary standpoint, I suppose? <laughs> Science gives you the excuse to get it on, even if you're a plant. All right. So one of the ways that plants can produce offspring is by making seeds. And seeds contain the genetic information to produce a new plant. It's so funny because like, I inherently like know that, but I don't really think about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, that 100% totally makes sense. Like, while I was looking at all of this information, I kept equating like each thing to like the human equivalent. And then I was able to like puzzle all the pieces together in my head. And I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so flowers are what plants use to make their seeds. And there are a few basic parts of a flower. The first thing is the peduncle, which I guess you could just call it like the peduncle dunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately what I thought. So like, Beth's been sitting on that joke for a while. <laughs> oh my God, since I wrote this. <laughs> And that's the stem in layman's terms. <laughs> the next part is the sepal, which is the base of the flower. So it's like so like on a tomato plant, that would be like the green part. Uh, okay. You know, that are like underneath the yellow of the flower. That would be the sepal. Okay. Um, and then the pistil contains the stigma, which is the part of the flower that receives the pollen, the style, and the ovary. And then the stamen contains the anther, which is where the pollen is, and the filament. So if we were going to uh, genderify these um, these flowers from a biological standpoint, the pistil would be like the female portion of the flower, and the stamen would be like the male portion of the flower. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me <laughs> giggle, but it does. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it's because it's a little funny. Like we're basically like birds and the bees being like flowers, which feels a little silly yeah, and fun. But I like it. <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> Seeds can only be produced when pollen is transferred between flowers of the same species. And a species is defined as a population of individuals capable of interbreeding freely with one another. But... Because of geographic, reproductive, and other barriers, they do not interbreed with members of other species. So it's like a very selective orgy. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like how um, we'll use like farm animals as an example. Like a cow and a donkey could never 
you know, produce offspring. But donkeys that are of different heritage, like there are different breeds of donkeys, all of them could interbreed together just fine. Like goats are probably a better example. I don't know why I pulled donkeys, but you know, there's like Nubian and, you know, La Mancha goats and Nigerian dwarf goats. Like you have to be selective about size, obviously, because you don't want mom to be too small to deliver the offspring. But from a biological standpoint, they can get pregnant by other goats. That makes sense. Yeah. So how does pollen get from one flower to another? Well, they rely on vectors. And a vector can be the winds or water or pollinators like birds, insects, butterflies, bats. And there are some other interesting animals that visit flowers and are also pollinators that you may not think of. Pollination is usually the unintended consequence of an animal's activity on a flower. The pollinator is often eating or collecting pollen for its protein and other nutritional characteristics, or it could just be like sipping its nectar from the flower when pollen grains attach themselves to the animal's body. So then when the animal visits another flower, for the same reason, pollen can fall onto that flower's stigma and may result in successful reproduction of the flower. So that whole like, I tripped and fell kind of like sex joke kind of works here because the like a little hummingbird can just like flit and flop from from flower to flower and then boom plant babies yeah i mean pretty much and it's funny to think of pollination as something that's like not done intentionally so like when you're putting a pollinator garden or uh, yeah a pollinator garden like in the middle of your vegetable garden you're just hoping to attract those pollinators and that they'll happen to like go run through all of your vegetables as well because like they don't go do it on purpose like there's not like something written in their dna that's like you know (laughs) gotta pollinate all the tomatoes gotta pollinate all the tomatoes gotta pollinate all the squashes (laughs) like they just don't do that it's just total happenstance (laughs) so it's actually like a really almost like selfish act that the pollinator is taking unless it's like the wind like the wind doesn't give enough but like birds and insects they're getting something out of the deal too oh yeah totally well they're getting like nourishment or you know like whatever it is that they need or they're getting something out of the plants and that's you know why they're in there in the first place so Here is how pollination works uh, from a mechanics standpoint. Um, Pollen from the anthers of flower one is deposited on the stigma of flower two. And then once on the stigma, pollen can germinate, which means that a pollen tube forms on the sticky surface of the stigma and grows down into the ovule of the plant. I feel like I pronounced that funny. Ovule? It's supposed to be like... Ovary? (laughs) Yeah, kind of like that. (laughs) But the flower equivalent. (laughs) This growth can result in successful fertilization of the flower and the growth of seeds and fruits or a plant can be only partially fertilized in which the fruit and or seeds do not fully developed or the plant can completely fail to be pollinated and may not reproduce at all. And plants can be self-pollinating or cross-pollinating. So self-pollinating plants are plants that can fertilize itself. (laughs) Go fertilize yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And cross-pollinating is when uh, the plant requires some sort of vector, like a pollinator or the wind, to get the pollen to another flower of the same species. 
So self-pollinating vegetables can be things like tomatoes, green peppers, and chili peppers, eggplants, green beans, lima beans, sweet peas, and peanuts. Pollen is required for a flower to produce fruit. Self-pollinating vegetables have complete flowers because each individual flower contains both the male and the female flowering parts necessary for fertilization and fruit production. Yeah, and self-pollinating flowers are really cool um, because if they're not producing fruits, you can help them along by like shaking the plants or you could get a paintbrush and kind of like do a little thing, like do a little paintbrush dance on the inside of the flower. (laughs) Um, You can um, kind of, I wouldn't like blow on them like... I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no blood <laughs> but, like, jobs. Sorry. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe like some, you could like fan something to like create a little wind near them. Cause basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to get um, that pollen to drop from the male part of the flower onto the female part, like inside the same flower. That's what the purpose is. So it doesn't take a whole ton. Gently. <laughs> Gentle. Yes. They prefer it that way. Cross-pollinating vegetables, such as squash plants, um, have separate male and female flowers, and those flowers are not complete, so they need some help to get pollen from the male flower to the female flower. Exactly. Which is why you're always excited when you see those bumbly bees inside of your squash plants or your cucumbers. You're like, yeah, man. Get um, it. <laughs> get, get that pollen, please. <laughs> Uh, the thing though is, is so you can actually like cross pollinate plants, um, like within a similar plant family, but that aren't necessarily like supposed to be pollinated together. So have you ever like had a pumpkin accidentally pollinate a squash, like a yellow squash or a zucchini? It can create something that's like pretty weird. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds kind of like fun at the same time though. <laughs> It is. It's kind of neat. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I had something like that happen. I, I very intentionally kind of separate plants that are from the same family out around the garden because I'm trying to prevent cross-pollination, especially when I want to save seeds. So like I'll plant all of the tomatoes for one variety in one area and then all of the tomatoes for another variety in the other area because I want to save the seeds and I want them to breed true. So just a little like interesting tips for the garden out there thinking about pollination. Check out the Drink and Farm merch shop. We keep the shop up to date with new and fresh items. While you're there, check out the shirt of the month. Go to drinkandfarm.com shop and maybe snag a few things you've been eyeing for a while because shopping with us is an excellent way to support the podcast and get something for yourself at the same time. Let's talk some more about pollinators. Yeah, they're the people, not the people, the things (laughs) doing the hard work. (laughs) According to the U.S. Forest Service, pollinators are responsible for one out of every three bites of food you eat. Common insect pollinators can be bees, wasps, beetles, butterflies, ants, and flies. Oh, hey, I guess I should be nicer to the wasps. Ugh, I hate them. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And bats and birds also pollinate for us, which is really interesting. Um, I remember hearing about the bats thing a few years ago, and my mind was just like blown. (laughs) (laughs) And there's also some kind of oddball pollinators out there that you wouldn't think of, like lemurs, honey possums, and even reptiles. So we have a fun story to tell you about 
an interesting pollinator. So on the island of Madagascar, black and white ruffed lemurs are the main pollinators of traveler's trees or the traveler's palm is basically what this Hmm. tree is. Interesting. And these trees are typically 40 feet high. And the way that the lemurs pollinate them is that they use their hands to pull open the tough flower bracts. And then they stick their long snouts and tongues deep inside of them. And when they do that, they're collecting pollen on their muzzle and their fur. And then they transport it to the next flower when they go for a snack. And that basically gives this pollinator like the distinction of being the world's largest pollinator. Well, I definitely didn't know that lemurs did that. So that's like the definition of a fun fact in my book. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. So that's it for pollinators and pollinating. Like there's probably way more we can share. But the point of this was to get you a little excited about pollination. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny, like, so as a gardener, one of the things that I always do is like, I look into like each plant's growing conditions and like all of the science and info and whatnot that I can look at like about gardening. But sometimes we have to go like all the way back to the basics when we're having an issue with our garden and we don't know what it is. And so like pollination and like the mechanics of pollination and the reasons behind pollination can be one of those like back to basics things if you find that you're struggling um, in the garden. And pollination can definitely be like a big problem that some people have. Like you'll grow 70 tomato plants and they'll flower and then all the flowers will just like drop and you're like, what the heck is happening? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of tie some of that, some of those garden issues like back to basics. And so this was just like a nice throw back to basics. So if people don't understand the basics of pollination, they do now. And you're welcome. <laughs> yes. The more you know. <laughs> Another copyright <laughs> issue. Uh, yes. We're full of them today. All right, so now we're going to take a little stroll to the We Can't Even corner. Yes. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? So today, I finished my very first 30 days of yoga challenge or journey or whatever you want to call it that I've done. Hooray! That's really good. Yeah, I was really excited about it because I've started those journeys. So what it is, is so there's a a YouTuber that I follow and I'm like a part of her membership and stuff. So I actually like I get to like download her videos and stuff. But anyways, um, it's called Yoga with Adrienne. And every year for January, she does a 30 day yoga journey. She doesn't like to call it a challenge because she doesn't want you to be like challenging yourself. She wants you to be like on an exploration, I guess. I've signed up for this like I think three or four years now. And I never end up finishing it because I'm usually traveling in January for work. And that makes it really hard. But this year, obviously, I did not travel for work. And I was like, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to actually do it. And so, you know, like I followed some of our stuff like we did in our kick-ass in 2020. And I, I have a goals like oriented um like planner. So I put in there what my goal was going to be. I decided on a reward for myself. I checked all the boxes every day that I finished it. And like, I actually got it done. Today was day 30 and I finished. And I was like, "Ah, so this is what I have to do to be successful when I really want to do something. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It was good. So I was really proud of myself. So I wanted to share. (laughs) Habits are hard in general, but one, I find the ones where you have to be physically active. 
the most challenging because you have to dedicate the time and be intentional. And you're probably like, if you do it in the morning, you're tired. If you're trying to do it at night, you're tired. Like, so yeah, that is a really big deal. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny, just like showing up for yourself is something that takes practice Mm -hmm. too. Cause like, you know, in your head that you really want this and that you really want to do it, but you prioritize other things over it sometimes. And it, it takes practice to like really like analyze things to be like, no, you know what? That's not really the priority right Mm -hmm. now. This thing that I promised myself is, so I'm going to go ahead and take it. And it's kind of amazing just like how much better I felt afterwards. Like I don't want to project that onto everybody else, but for me personally, that was how that kind of went. So no, yeah, I totally get that. Like, and usually with something physical like that too, you feel awesome afterwards. Like you might drag your feet to go do it, but I never feel worse after a bike ride on my stationary bike. <laughs> never feel worse. So I totally get it. So what's your can't even? So mine is an article from the Daily Mail and the headline says, Unbelievable man transports bee colony by holding the queen in his fist and letting the insects swarm over his arm as he walks through the street. Nope. Yeah. So this is how he, um, he's from the Dominican. He um, has adopted this extreme method of transport. And there is a video if you want to click the link in the show notes. Um, He's super casual while he's walking. Somebody's talking to him. He's completely unfazed. And I guess like the queen bee can release pheromones to let all of her friends know that, hey, this isn't a threat. We're just going for a walk. You don't need to sting this guy because he doesn't get stung. That's really interesting. Yeah. So he's just like holding on to the queen in his hand and just walking down the road pretty crazy that's so cool <laughs> yeah no it's something that i am um, don't think i would ever want to try but kudos to him so yeah you guys can uh go check out that video and and be just as impressed as i was <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you send us your can't evens um you can do that by posting them in our facebook group and it's so much easier for us to find those if you hashtag them hashtag can't even um, because we can do a quick search for them that way but if you don't want to post them in the group you can always send them to us in facebook messenger instagram or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com um be sure and leave us a review if you leave us a review we'll read it on the podcast and then we will draw a name of all of the reviews that we read for that month and the person who we draw out is going to win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in our shop and in fact this month's winner is winning a new design for the uh free review coffee mug so sam would you like to tell us who our winner is so the winner for january 2021 is michigan beer girl Yay! Yay! So reach out to us on our Instagram at Drink and Farm, or you can email it us, drinkandfarm at gmail.com, just in case you don't have Instagram or don't use it very often. Um, we'll send that to you. And pro tip too, I think if you haven't left a review on Apple iTunes in like a year, you can go leave another one. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so somebody can like uh, backtrack 
me on that and like give it a shot. But if you want to leave us another review, I, we won't be mad about that. Maybe your opinion has changed. I hope it's only changed for the better if it has. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you can do that and then throw your hat in the ring because we don't have any new reviews. So your chance, chances for February are getting really good because it's like a shorter month. Yeah, it is. It's totally a shorter month. <laughs> All right. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. This helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm. We'll send you a promo code just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our shop. And if you have a private Instagram account, if you share it and tag us, we won't see it. So you'll need to take a screenshot and then message it over to us in like the direct messages. And then we'll find it in the others folder and we'll be able to send that to you just in case anybody's shared privately and we didn't see it. We're so sorry. That's just the way that Instagram works. (laughs) Yeah. And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links for the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing anonymously. There's also links to our social media and our merch shops. So yeah, just take a look and check us out. So that's it, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us while we talked about how flowers do it. Yeah. We hope you learned something. Maybe you feel a little... Like you need, I don't know. I feel like I need to take a shower after that. Do you? <laughs> a little. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm fine. My threshold is like really low these days, I guess. <sighs> All right. Well, until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.